For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jordan? The end of the bridge to, you gotta go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about Movement born from a family's grief and determination. In April of 2020, Army soldier Vanessa Guillen went missing while stationed at one of the largest military installations. You hear that little music in the background, it goes, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Right. Knew about it or was there, it's, he's as guilty as the person who committed Chilling the details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Him, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like they said, he went AWOL mm. and that, uh, that he was a deserter, and nobody went to look for Today is not a day to celebrate, but the arrest of Richard M. Allen of Delphi on two counts of murder. Like I said, we're going back. We were asked last time to kind of talk about the food, uh, the grub truck video, and kind of give our perspective of it. The, the, the press release from the police department indicated that they're still trying to put pieces together from that night. It, does that does that worry you in any, at any point uh, or at any bit that they're still trying to put those pieces together? It's been over five weeks since little Kaylee Anthony vanished. Her mother, Casey, has been arrested for lying to police. She's being held without bail. Year 3000, it still sucks. This is Phil J. Fry, and you're listening to The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like, and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me is Big Blue. How you doing, Big Blue? I'm doing oh. good tonight, man. Doing good. Uh, man, is, is that is some fine hat that you are wearing there, Mr. Hyman <laughs> G. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, I could be better, man. I have a little headache going. And this is not beer. This is actually um, it's apple juice. So just letting y'all know. It's Pedialyte. It's okay. It's all right. We're all aware. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome hat. You know, get close to your camera so everybody can see. It says hashtag DTS, the Drunk Turkey Show. These will be available here pretty soon, y'all. We also have some beanies. Um, if you're interested in that, give us an email. Um, we're going to be setting up a, a website so that we can have some of our, our merch coming out. Uh, in fact, so that everybody knows what the email is. There it is, drunkturkeyshow at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody in the chat. We have 890 people already. Appreciate you guys. Sorry about that. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So <clears throat> tonight, guys, we're going to be talking about 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 Kim. She's been known as the uh, the WSU uh, Kim uh, Kim the WSU mom. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, full disclosure, y'all. Sometimes I get my words backwards and I get things kind of messed up. I got dyslexia, so I apologize. I know there's been a lot of controversy over one or two words I say or whatever. Uh, sometimes when I'm thinking, those words come out backwards. And when I'm thinking of a bunch of different names, the same thing happens as well. And so <laughs> I apologize. I'll get some of these words backwards sometimes. 
Uh, I'll get better at that. Well, anywho, we're going to be talking about Kim, the WSU mom. She's the caller that called in a couple maybe what, a week ago or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. And um, basically uh, told us that she had some possible uh, or, or was told some information that was close to the case. Uh, since then, it's kind of stirred up a lot of controversy. Um, she went on um, Chronicles of Olivia and, you know, it's, you know, she said a lot of her speculation. And so today I wanted to explain what we did, uh, how we vetted her and and how we know she is who she is, things of that nature, without disclosing any names or things of that nature. Uh, you guys, you guys get where I'm going, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So. Let's start off with the with the phone call, right? So she called in. She said she had some more information. Uh, she'll talk to me off air about it. Uh, after the show ended, I called her back. We proceeded to have a two hour conversation uh, about a lot of speculation now and a lot of things that she was told. And so, in order to understand the speculation and things that she was told, and to differentiate that, we also have to understand, you know, who Kim is, right? Kim is a person who is a mom. She has two students or two children that attends uh, the University of WSU. And she's been dealing with um, a lot of stories. You know, for me, probably for Blue and Jaime, uh, Moscow, Idaho was, did you guys know about it prior to November 13, 2022? Nope. Negative. Uh, let me know in the live chat, y'all. Um, how many of you guys knew about Moscow, Idaho and Pullman, Washington prior to November 13, 2022? Hit one if you knew about it, hit two if you didn't. I kind of want to see how this goes. And so for us, we didn't know about anything she was going through or the things that she's heard, her stories that she's gathered. Now, she has a daughter who attends uh, Greek Row and she's been a part of the uh, sorority there at WSU for a lot of twos. Uh, was a sorority there for um, WSU. And she's come back with a lot of stories, a lot of stories that we uh, that are from the outside of that community probably aren't aware of. And so, but even before that, how, how long was Brian on the loose for? It was almost two months, right? Yeah. All right. So, Two months, there was a massacre that occurred and a uh, person on the loose, right? You know, if you were a parent and your, your children attended a uh, nearby university, wouldn't you be vested into the uh, situation? Yeah, very, man. I'll be, you know, I'll be worried about my kids, where, where they're at, you know what I mean? Or For who sure. they're going out with, you know? For sure. And, yeah, I mean, I'd be balls deep into that information. Mm -hmm. You know, and do you think that if you're, you know, carrying that information, you're not going to start to speculate on certain things? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like, like just take, for example, like, you know, all the Internet detectives. We all we all did that. Yeah, everybody speculates. Everybody looks into everything. Now, mm -hmm. can two things be right at the same time? Can she be a worried mom? looking into this because she has kids that attend that school. And can she also be told information because her kids attend a school nearby? Yep. All right. So 
we have to make, you know, those things are, are possible at the same time. And so what we need to do is separate the speculation and the things that she's heard and believed, uh, you know, and, and put together only the things that she was told. And so that's what we attempted to do with our last video. And we will uh, kind of revisit that right now. So she gave me a bunch of information, right? Now, I took all that information with a grain of salt. I needed to make sure she was who she was. And so we didn't clip out that segment of that video. We didn't promote um, Kim as a caller. We didn't do any of those things uh, until she gave me, um, well, she'd get on the call, she'd given me some names and I had to verify that those people were in fact who they were. You know, she uh, informed me that the person closest to the situation was her, uh, one of her daughter's best friends who was a sister at the uh, sorority that they attend and they've known each other forever. Uh, it was her and her boyfriend who is a uh, football player for the University of Idaho. Now, she gave me their information. I was able to backtrack through social media. Everybody that she had spoken to or spoken about, including the relationship between that football player and the, and the friend of her daughters. Uh, I was able to confirm the friendship between her daughter and her and that and that female. And, uh, and through that, I also confirmed who Kim was. Now, we were talking about how, how else could we vet her more than that, right? Like, what else could we do? Because we're not part of the case. And so we're not privileged to any other information that anybody else has. So what else could we do to vet her information? We actually recorded a uh, episode that we didn't air, me and Blue, um, where in there I was like, you know what? I can ask her for the phone records where she says she contacted the FBI and, and Moscow Police Department. And sure enough, she was able to deliver, y'all. So let's pull that up real quick. And so this is her Verizon bill, and I have myself edited this a lot. So for those that are concerned about her not being Kim and not being from the Washington area, this is her name, Kim S., this is a 253 area code. You guys can look that up. I'm sure you will. Origination call, Seattle, Washington. And so she's not from all these other places. Now, we scroll down to November 14th, right here, 208-883-7054. That is, let me find him. Lanier Roger, Operations Captain for the Moscow Police Department, 208-883-7054. She did, make, she did contact and, and um, gave them their, her information. It was a brief conversation. Her information through the tip line so that she can get contacted back. And so that's the first one. So I told Daniel, there's got to be a record on it somewhere in those phone lines. There always is. Mm -hmm. November 15 at 214. You guys can call this number if you like. It's 800-255-5324. That is 1-800-CALL-FBI for their tip line. And so, and I didn't say she was from uh, Idaho. I said she was from Washington. Anywho, I see that in the uh, the chat there. And so at two fifth at on November fifteenth at two fourteen, she contacted him, spoke to him for thirty minutes, and gave him information. Now, I didn't tell, I didn't ask, and I won't want the phone records between the cell phone numbers of the uh, uh, the individual officers that 
uh, that were assigned to her case. But that is her bill. That is the times in which right around the time that she said that she contacted um, the FBI and the uh, Moscow Police Department. And so, you know, outside of getting <laughs> calling the FBI and asking them, hey, what did she tell you? You know, she is saying what she said and she did report what she reported. Mm -hmm. And so and and I see that uh, uh, Chloe's mom, Olivia, did take down her video. And, I, and I'm glad you brought that up. So there was a lot of hate behind that. So th at this point, when I had interviewed Kim on the phone and um, we had spoken to her, um, we spoke to her uh, a second time. And that was the day that we released part two. We put her on a live stream. We actually have it recorded. Um, that won't be released. That's just for our records because there's a bunch of names and things that are out there. But we recorded that just to make sure that we could go back and listen to exactly what she was saying and when she said it and how she said it, whatever. And after we recorded that, Olivia had contacted me and I didn't know who she was, to be honest with you guys. And so I'll just bring it up. This is Olivia. This is the uh, text message. This was at January 15th. She's like, hey, it's Chronicles of Olivia on YouTube. I was wondering if I could ask you a question regarding your video and your caller. So there was some speculation that me and Olivia um, or us and Olivia had uh, had this fake caller call in or whatever. Right? We're, we're, we're very new to true crime and we don't know very many of the other creators. There's a few that we do and they're usually the bigger ones because that's what YouTube pumps out in front of you. Um, and I'm not saying Olivia is not one of them, but I didn't know who she was. And so she goes, hey, it's Chronicles of Olivia on YouTube. I was wondering if I could ask you a question regarding your video with the caller. I said, yes, what's your question? Thanks for replying. I'm friends with the Gonsalves, or Gonsalves family. I showed Steve your video. We were wondering what Kim told you after the call was done. And is there any way we can get a hold of her? Would much appreciate it. Uh, she will be kept anonymous. Now, <clears throat> I thought this would be an opportunity to get somebody, if she does know the Gonzalez family, because at this point I wasn't aware, and you'll see my, my reply there in a second. Um, if she does know them and I don't know who she is, she can verify that Kim is who she says she is. And, and we can also verify how close uh, this person was that told the information to Kim's daughter. And so <laughs> we'll go further. Olivia goes, I go, yeah, we're putting a video out together tonight. I'll ask her. She told us about who was called to the residence before the 911 call. Her daughter knew about the surviving victim seeing more than one person outside the residence. And I'll definitely ask her about giving her info to y'all. I'm sure she won't have an issue. She says, OMG, thank you so much for your, you're awesome. Thank God for your show and that she reached out to you. I will tell Steve now and she will contact us. He'll be happy. I said, no problem. Thank you. We're wanting to help in any way we can because we look forward to seeing your video when it drops and ask her what's the best way to contact her if she wants to reach out to me first and I'll give her my number. This is a huge development uh, help. Thank you. And she goes, did she mention blank's name? Now, I'm going to keep that redacted and that's because um, it's important to the case. But if Olivia and Gonzalez family wanted that out, they would put that out themselves. I said, no problem. Uh, no, she didn't. I don't want to dox anyone. And I know you're saying, you know, Steve, 
I don't know that for sure. I'll say this, as she mentioned, a uh, JS who's an athlete for U of I that knows Jack and Adam. Steve may know who she's referring to from that information. And this is where she told me um, where she told me this is the uh, conversation. This is the first time I had seen that. And here I go. She's like, she said, watch part two. And I said, wow. She said, yeah. I told her, she said, you can contact her. This is her phone number. Her name is Kim. Thank you so much. And so the rest of it is just, yeah, that's when her daughter, her. So she goes 10 a.m. The kids knew about what happened, waited till 1158 to call the police. And yeah, that's when her daughter heard about the incident. If Steve wants to talk, I'm happy to give him the info I was told in case Kim doesn't answer. Definitely want to confirm if the roommate's boyfriend is as close as they say. I verified as much as I can, but I can only do so much without knowing someone for sure close to the case. And so when we said we did our best and our absolute best to vet everything we could, we definitely did. And then I gave the information to Olivia, who was a person that I didn't know. And for her to also vet it. And she also came to the same agreement that Kim is Kim from Washington, and she does have two students that attend WSU, and her, her daughter is on Greek Row. And so I think we can put all that away, that hate away. And I think if any of you guys were causing a bunch of hate or, you know, this, that, and a third towards Chronicles Olivia, I think you guys owe her an apology. What do you guys think? Yeah, man, I, she... She went off the same information we went off. Um, it's going to happen, no matter which show it is. We get a lot of hate for things we put out, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw, I remember watching the the last live with, uh, who was it, Lana? Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, the, the chat was wild, man. <laughs> the chat was wild, and, um, you know, I mean, there's, it's, it's gonna be like that. You, you, I guess we should have known, right? That it's gonna. There's gonna be people out there that don't uh, necessarily agree with what we say out here, or right. what guests, our guests say, um, and we're gonna get hate for that. And it's just gonna have to be. We're gonna have to be thick-skinned, you know. Well, I'll say this now, because uh, a lot of people are asking whose show was this, and they got mad because I replied to that one comment and not another. We're the Drunk Turkey Show, and we'll have who we want on our show and we'll go on whatever show that we feel that, you know, wants questions for us. We're not going to conform, confirm to anybody or do what people think we should do or say, that's not who we are. You know, we're, we're, we're us. And so, you know, we're authentic. And if you guys, you know, want somebody that you can, you know, like we had one lady that was going around telling people we lost 2000 subs. I was like, you know, before, we were at 24,000 subs and right now we're at 28 plus 28,000. If we lost 2000 in the process of that, then those are 2000 people that maybe they don't need to be a part of our show. And so what were you going to say, Blue? I said, we're, I, I like to listen to other people's opinions. So if people don't agree with their opinions, I still like to listen to it. Yeah. But sometimes in their opinion, there's a truth in there that, I might be able to find some other information out. Right. And so I want to answer this one real quick. Attention to generation asked, how long was her call to law enforcement? The one to the Moscow Police Department tip line was one minute. She left their information to get a call back. The one with the FBI on that occasion was 33 minutes. 
Uh, the other ones that she has are longer, but that's with cell phone numbers of actual uh, agents and, and Idaho State policemen that I'm not comfortable releasing. And so <clears throat> that's how long those conversations were. But the point is, uh, she contacted the uh, FBI when she said that she contacted the FBI with the information that she said she did. Now, let's try to get an idea of this place, too, because we talked about, you know, we have to understand who Kim is, right? Why is she fearful from this place? Well, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about it. So this is from the mirror. Uh, this is a couple of years ago, but I think this is some important information. Student taken, life taken, I'm going to say that instead of this word, by a professor at the university uh, years before the four friends had uh, the, the massacre at the uh, that we're all aware of. And so, like I mentioned before, and I saw a lot of twos there. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that here in a minute. Um, I saw a lot of twos. Um, hey, but real quick, are we going to do that tonight? What's that? Are we doing that tonight? No, no, just okay. All right, yeah, then we'll mention that here in a little bit. Sorry about that, guys, in the private chat. So, um, let's go, let's, let's look into this real quick. Uh, the university has had grim memories of despair, professor turned killer who shot a student he was in love with in a tragic, um, MS. All right, this is the guy. Katie Benoit, who, who passed on August 22nd, 2011, at the age of 22, was a musician and a psychology student from Boise. She was shot in her apartment off campus a few months after her relationship ended with University of Idaho professor Ernesto Bustante, 31, had came to an end. According to the uh, affidavit in 2011, Bustante's friend, Rowdy Hope, told police that Bustante had multiple handguns and multiple personal personality disorders, including uh, one Bostantic calls a psychopathic killer and another Bostantic calls the beast. Uh, he was known to have taken medication for bipolar disorder when he was hired by the university in 2007. According to reports at that time, Benoit was warned has, let me rephrase that again, I'm sorry. According to the reports at that time, Benoit had, has warned the university that the psychology professor had talked about sex orgies with students and shooting them. So the university was aware of this situation. And this is what the university's response was. The university officials could not go to the police because of confidential confidentiality agreements, but are said to have told the students to reach out to authorities about Bustante. Wow. Hmm. So this is just kind of an idea of this kind of place, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, given a response, Given her response, Bustante denied the allegations and said the pair were friends until she stole prescription drugs from him. In turn, Benoit admitted to stealing the pills, but said that she was threatened by the professor with a firearm. She described the gun and had been placed to her head a third time before the relationship finally ended May 2011. Though Benoit's roommate, uh, Megan Walker-Smith and Emma Gregory, told police the relationship ended in March. On August 19, Benoit was either fired or forced to resign. Three days later, he shot Benoit nearly a dozen times on our front porch before taking his own in a hotel room later that day. So <clears throat> this is one of the stories that, uh, and this one, you know, happened in 2011. It was some time ago, but mm -hmm. do you think the people of that small town still remember that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You, th you think that rumors of that situation doesn't flow through 
um, the halls there of that university. Yeah, I mean, especially because it's a small town, man. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's gonna it's gonna stay on their on their in their memory for a while. Any of these kind of incidents um, in small communities tend to like stay there. You know, they'll be talking about it for ages. No, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Um, let's see, where's the next, the next one? Let's see. Oh man, that's too soon. I just want to I'm apologize looking. ahead of time, man. The Fed keep kicking me out today, so. Uh, we've, you're fine, buddy. You're fine. So. Definitely have to call Google this week and get something fixed. So we had gotten a lot of comments saying that, oh, you know, University of Idaho, there hasn't been a lot of uh, passings with students in recent time. Well, there was a uh, Hannah Claire. Um, she passed away. Uh, apparently, um, it's by um, I think she overdosed. She so it says Twitter user claimed the quote. Well, I don't want. I don't really want to go into the speculation of the connection between her and and the uh, the Idaho four victims. I just want to just bring attention that this person also passed away. Uh, during this time, during the time that Kim's daughter isn't around the area, and this is probably some news that she's hearing. Hmm. And so, does, let's go does, to does it say um, what substance was? Uh, I think it was pills. I don't think this actually says it. I just found this article, and it just talks about the connection between the. Uh, uh, there's some kind of connection there. Between her and deceased. Yeah, between her and I guess she was Maddie's roommate at one point. Mm. And, you know, I know that this girl was bullied. To, she was bullied and, and she ended up possibly as a reason why she she took her life. Uh, yeah, because this is just talking about that case. But this is somebody who did take her life due to supposedly rumors of bullying and hazing, things of that mm-hmm. nature. Yeah, man. If there's anybody out there going through it and needs help there's a lot of help out there guys and uh don't wait till it's too late because i work yeah. at a place where people come in the middle of the night and they already did the deed and it's, it's getting too late so mm-hmm. and you, yeah. Yeah, you need some help soon so you all got that out of your head get some help guys for sure for sure and so um this is a washington state university student he has passed for hours before uh, classmates called 911. This is uh, Sam Martinez. He was a um, guy that passed in 2019. This guy, this would have been in November of 2019. I think it was November 12th. Look at that. November 12th, 2019. Uh, Sam Martinez, 19-year-old freshman, passed at the Alpha Hotel Omega House in Pullman, Washington. About 4.30 a.m. on November 12th, according to uh, Wetman County Corner and Pillars. Police said the classmates called around 8.30 a.m. St. Martinez was unconscious and not breathing. And so he passed away as well. I mean, this is just some sad news. Um, The department said that alcohol may have played a role in the students passing, uh, but the uh, Whitman County Coroner's Office, which is investigating the case, has yet to make an official determination on the cause and the manner of death. The office said it was at least two months to complete the investigation at this time as investigators don't believe the incident meets the uh, definition of hazing right and so but 
Uh, WSU student pleads guilty to giving San Martinez alcohol and sentenced to 19 days in jail. And so they say that, oh, this wasn't hazing or any of that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. But he was just, you know, there's all those stories about there was one at I believe it was West Virginia University where a guy was hazed and left. They took pictures of him and this, the, the fraternity didn't call the police for several hours and they didn't want to turn on each other. You know, a lot yeah. of people say that the sorority is. It's not responsible for anything. So uh, Wesley Oswald pleaded guilty for furnishing alcohol to Martinez and was sentenced to 19 days in jail. How much alcohol did he give him that this it caused the, the, the passing of this young man? It's not just a six pack. No, no. I mean, if you could due to alcohol poisoning, it takes a lot, right? Yeah, either alcohol poisoning or to the point where he uh, vomited and was maybe not laying in the right direction. The, Either the, of those things. Also the tolerance, to be, right? right. But I mean, even, you know, I, I find it difficult to believe that it would be less than a significant amount of alcohol. I think that the, the thing is when, when people get to that state of alcohol poison or um, they suffocate from asphyxiation from the vomit. Right. They, you know, they, they vomit in their sleep and they can't turn over. They're passed out. Yeah. They die. Yeah. And 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 so I I I think there's more to this, but what I'm trying what I'm seeing here is that they really try to like you know the students go to the prof to, to the university and tell them about their professor you know having these thoughts and yada 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 right. And they don't want to do anything because of confidentiality, right? All that's telling me is that's BS and they don't want to, you know, take the money out because if they go and report these type of things, uh, it's going to turn into less money going to the campus, less money going to the university. You know, this young man passes away and they give somebody 19, 19 days in jail because they, they, they supplied him alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it must have been a significant amount, you know, in my opinion. And it's been, you know, seen time after time after time um, where it's this hazing stuff that goes on. I mean, even that Hunslow wins. What was his name? I apologize for. Uh, you know what? I think it's the next one. Maybe not. Um, I'll find it here in a minute. There's a guy, Hudson. Uh, he was found in a shallow creek and they said that he drowned. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The stories keep going, y'all. Let's go to the next one. Pullman police investigate shooting death WSU student May 6, 2022. Uh, Pullman police detectives working in conjunction with Whitman County Coroner's Office confirmed that a shooting was accidental. Approximately 205, Pullman police responded to a call of a subject shot himself at the uh, Pimlico Apartments parking lot at 1455 Northeast Brandyway in Pullman. Responding officers arrived 25-year-old DeAndre Hunter with a gunshot wound to the abdomen. Officers provided first aid kit until the arrival of the police department. Uh, Hunter was transported to Pullman Regional Hospital, where he was later pronounced deceased. Handgun was covered at the scene. Detectives, you know, do not believe that there is any threat to the public safety. Hudson, Hudson uh, Lindo, another University of Idaho student that this year, December 7, 2022. Ooh. Oh, that's when it was updated. I'm sorry. Uh, this happened January 5th, 2022. 
user unveiled individual named Hudson Lindo, who was found dead in Paradise Creek on January 5th, 2022. It's due to accidental drowning. But he has alarmed some speculation questions about his death. Let's see. Um, the post read, I have questions. Moscow law enforcement have been running with this whole nothing like this has ever happened here narrative. So does anyone care to explain this? U of I student Hudson Lindo was found passed in Paradise Creek on 5-1-2022. You read that right. Another student from U of I passed earlier this year. Context 4-30-2022, the night before, Delta Tau Delta held its 90th annual ball as animatic Jack and JS were all in attendance. Hudson's body was found next to the next morning in the creek right outside of Greek Row. Hudson's death was ruled an accidental drowning. Apparently there was a picture of him outside the girl's house as well. I've seen that kind of go around. And so a lot of crazy coincidence. Let's go to the next one. Uh, this one's not really anything. It just says that uh, four students injured after a, a structure collapse. Let's go to the next one. So this was the night that Kim and her husband were in town, right? This is the night. This is November uh, 12th uh, going into the 13th, right? There was a hit and run where uh, somebody that was intoxicated ran over two people right outside of Brian Kohlberger's address. Damn. Right? And so this is the Brent Kohlberger. I mean, not Kohlberger, I'm sorry. Brent, uh, what was his last name? Well, this is the SWAT incident that occurred near the uh, WSU campus after he threatened to uh, take out his roommates. This is December 15, 2022. All right. That's a lot of, a lot of incidents in such a small town. Well, it keeps going. This is one that just happened, I believe, on the 24th or the 23rd. We are actually on the uh, uh, publicly drunk, uh, publicly drunk, publicly buzzed. They're in the live chat. Go check them out. We're on that channel. He actually alerted me to this. And officers respond. What's that? So that's actually a pretty cool podcasting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> officers at WSU Police Department responded to a report of unconscious person at Perman Hall around 1.30 p.m. Sunday, according to public records. When they arrived, they discovered a deceased male student in his dorm. According to Don Daniels, assistant chief of the department, Daniels said there was no indication of foul play and the agency is still investigating his death. WSU has not chosen to release the name of the student and will not release information about the student's death at this time. Well, we have that student. That student is Luke Tyler. Let's read some of this, give you guys an idea of why Kim is so concerned about Greek Row. On January 22, 2023, Luke Tyler was found deceased in his dorm at Washington State University. His death directly followed a long and cruel legend process allowed by his fraternity, Theta Chai. Their inhumane and cruel hazing forced Luke and many others to do the things nobody should ever be forced to do. We demand that the Achai be investigated, shut down, and the fraternity's president, as well as pledge masters and others with power in the fraternity, be investigated for their involvement in the death of Luke Tyler. Luke was truly an amazing person with an incredible effect on everyone whose life he touched. He deserves justice. Please sign and bring awareness to our cause and bring 
help bring WSU's attention to this issue so that those responsible see appropriate consequences and help prevent anybody from being hurt. If you would like to donate to support Luke's family during this hard time, go find me. It's change.org, um, Van Washington State. If you guys want to go help that out. But let's um, you know, let's just take a gander at what some of uh, these the the folks that live in the area that know him uh, were yeah. saying about about this situation. Luke was my best friend, and he deserved so much more than this. No one could have damaged themselves or others to belong somewhere. The fraternity system is based on exclusivity and toxic competition. There is no longer a place for them in modern world. Luke was my best friend and the sweetest people you could ever meet. Love you, bro. Brats are effing stupid anyways. Brats need to be held responsible. Luke was my daughter's schoolmate from elementary to high school. Such a tragedy. I do not like the fraternity system for many reasons. So many young lives lost already. They're still being supported by some schools. What are we going to learn? So, and these are from people close by that know what happened to this guy. You know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of the same stuff that I'm seeing. No threat to public safety, no concern, isolated incident. Yeah. Just I mean, in my, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're trying to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm not saying that the university's trying to lower the magnifying glass on these cases so that they don't lose their money tree, but uh, maybe, but I mean, obviously there's a lack of accountability. Um, and then when there is, it's not long enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it feels like, you know. The, the worst part about this that these kids passed away so young, um, they had their whole life ahead of them, and you know we we don't know what these kids could have been and helped out in the community. You know, what I mean, could have done something I mean, great, and we'll never find out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's you know, I was actually talking to a, a producer for a show that's interested in in us, uh, and I'll leave it at that. And she was telling me and informing, see, I'm not really versed in college life, Greek row universities, things of that nature. But apparently, I think the America, the United States is the only country that still has the fraternity, sorority, Greek stuff going on everywhere else is kind of abandoned it. And so Brent Kapeka, thank you, Robinson. I saw that, the name, I needed that name. Uh, he was the guy that was uh, taken by SWAT. And so, my opinion, I think that Kim has a reason to be fearful. I think that she's well vested into the area and knows a lot of these situations. In fact, she brought them up. And yeah. I think that um, that can cause some speculation. Now, I don't agree with a lot of the things that she had speculated, but that, you know, just because she's speculating on things doesn't mean that she wasn't told anything. So let's break down what she was told. The first thing that she said was that the uh, that the sorority had called uh, or that her daughter had gotten word from the um, uh, basically the rumor was that it was the uh, the surviving victims contacted the uh, beta pi fi's um, their sorority that they were a part of and that her daughter got word of the incident or that there was an incident at around 10 to 10.30. Now, and, I'm, and I apologize, I didn't mention this, I guess, earlier, but uh, maybe I didn't emphasize it. 
Kim didn't know until after 5 p.m. because she wasn't aware of the situation until they had the shelter in place that was the, that was put out in Pullman, Washington at 5 p.m. She contacted her daughter. Her daughter informed her that she was aware of it earlier on that morning, somewhere between 10, 1030. You know, that wasn't knowledge that she had gathered right at the moment. So is it possible that she was off by a little bit? Maybe it was 11 that she got word of it. Maybe. But according to, to Pam, she said that it was speculated from her daughter that or she had heard uh, that calls were going around about nine in the morning that morning. Now, there was a report. It was a door open that morning. You know, yeah. what do you guys think? You think it's possible? I mean, I know it says in the probable cause that friends were summoned before the police were called. So it's definitely plausible. But yeah, I, I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, I, I mean, just look at uh, when, what Kim said and then look at what also Steve was, you know, trying to do his own investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think she has, you know, all the right to do that, you know, for her safe, for the safety of her, her kids. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep calling her Pam. I don't know why I keep calling her. Pam. So I have this problem, y'all. And, and Jaime and Blue can attest to this because they've known me since sixth grade. Uh, <laughs> I call people the wrong name all the time. I got a brother-in-law named Thomas and I call him Travis all the freaking time. And I'll say that Kim's daughter's name starts with a P. And so I get confused quite a bit. I apologize. Apologize. It happens. <laughs> and the fact that I caught on see the fact that, you know, I saw it, that somebody had put that in the comment section that I had called her Pam. I went back and listened to it. And I was like, holy shit, I did call her Pam. And then I can't get it out of my damn head now. (laughs) It is what it is. I'm sorry. I I do that all the time. I apologize. I get names. Yes, I am dyslexic. I do get names wrong all the time. I read things backwards. I apologize. It's one of the things. It's one of the things. Anyways. I'll tell you you this. I wanted to emphasize on one thing. Um, the, the, The fraternities and the hazing, it's everywhere. It's even here in San Antonio. You know what I mean? I work in a place that's not an emergency room, but people think it is since we're open 24 hours. And they bring these college kids carried in their shoulders thinking we're going to be able to help them at, a, at a, you know, an urgent care. I'm like, I can't, we can't help you here. This guy's 10 seconds to death and we should take him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's over drinking, man. It's over drinking. They're at a house party. They get bottles. They, they you know, get kegs and they don't know when to stop i mean i i, I kind of contested that you know i drank a little bit too much last friday but I, i'm still alive I mean, <laughs> not everybody's like 90 percent alcohol yeah <laughs> but what's it called when it comes down to like the the hazing and stuff the incidents you 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 named off you know those incidents that happened from 2011 to you know this year uh right. This past year, um, these are the incidents that we just know about. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's incidents that people have been getting hurt, you know, and and not know we don't know about that, you know, because it's not reported. So that's that's a scary part, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Jules B comes in with a 
$5 super chat. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. Front door open, air out the house. Wonder if the back door was open too. You know, that's a question, you know. Now, the big question is, why would that door be open at 9 a.m.? Why would, or 8.30, I think is when it was reported to be open. open. And why were sorority girls called? Was it possibly uh, they were trying to find something out of the house, maybe get something out of the house? Here's the thing. Kim stated that it was um, that her daughter had told her that she thinks now this is her daughter speculating, in my opinion, because she used the word thinks as she thinks that um, they were trying to get rid of something in the house. Now, her daughter said, like, what? And she said, probably some drugs. She said, you know, why? She said that place was known to have drugs. It was a trap house. Now. If you look up the definition of a trap house, the definition is a place where drugs could be sold. Doesn't talk about quantity or amounts or things of that nature. It just says a place where drugs can be sold. Mm. Now, if you don't think that it's possible, this place was known as a party house. Uh, if it's not possible at one point, maybe one person that's occupying it has sold something, something small or Somebody that was visiting, you know, one of these parties would go visit the party. You know, there's going to be drunk kids there. Sell him some stuff while he's attending the party. Maybe even without the knowledge of of the uh, occupants. Right. Thank you, Shannon Doran, for the three dollars super, super sticker. We appreciate you. Thank you. And so. Let's look at this article real quick. University of Idaho victim sororities on probation for health and safety violations. Alpha Phi, which was Kaylee's, which I think I think there's a possibility that she was dropped from that that house because this house was all Pi Beta Phi. Pi Phi is what they call them short. And so, um, you know, from Zana to Dylan to uh, Madison. I'm not sure about Bethany, but I think so as well. They were all high fives. And normally there isn't any intermingling between the sorority houses. And so um, for Kaylee to have been there, it's been speculated that she was dropped from Greek Row. Now, if you guys remember uh, when the police were there on the body cam footage, they brought up, you know, we can just call Greek Row. And they use that as leverage, right, to get the uh, the university students to do what they please because they know if they get in trouble with Greek Road, some severe consequences. Well, apparently these guys were high data five was uh, already on probation for violations concerning regarding risks of management, alcohol slash drugs or hazing. Huh. Of the 10 sororities recognized by the University of Idaho, the two that they were a part of are only two listed for probation for health and safety reasons, which refers to violations or concerns regarding risk management, alcohol, drugs, or hazing. Huh. Is it possible that there was drugs there at one point? Could be. I mean, I'm, even though, I mean, obviously, like, there's going to be drugs everywhere, you know? Right. But, here, but here's the thing. If these girls get caught with drugs, even if the police don't do anything, the fact that they go. have drugs there... You think that it's going to affect that probation there? Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, Adam Outdoor Bushcraft, coming in with a $2 super chat. Appreciate everything you guys do. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, sir. We appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Did I, sign and it's just... <laughs> I think you sure did. Oh, man. Hit the wrong one. The chat jumps up so fast. Yeah. The like button, publicly buzz. In fact, we're working on having publicly buzz come on the show. We're thinking probably next Friday. So stay tuned. You should. We should put with the. A collab with them publicly drunk boom publicly drunk yeah <laughs> uh Kaylee had moved out about to grad and moved to my hometown uh, so, yeah that's unfortunate and you know what let's talk about that like the the real quick before we get into everything else mm-hmm. um i've been really thinking about why brian koberger because I, I i suspect he was a part of it um, it's not the only actor in here. I, I have question marks with the probable cause affidavit, which leads me to believe there's a possibility of somebody else. And I'll explain that here in a little bit. But why that night? Right. It was it was uh, a football game that night. Right. And so there was going to be more police presence. This didn't occur during the football game. This happened way later. And so um, perhaps. Like. Like it's not like the police were going to be occupied at four o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, there was a hit and run incident that occurred right in front of his his, his uh, apartment where cops were out circling around. Easily could have gotten him on footage around that two o'clock area. Um, why that night? And and I think it has to do with I think he planned this for a very long time, and I think what his plan was, and this is me speculating. This has nothing to do with Kim or anybody else. This is me speculating. But I think he had it planned for a very long time because he already had. <clears throat> so if he would have waited for the following weekend, right? Uh, Thanksgiving vacations would have started. And so I think he wanted to be seen at school, right? He wanted to be seen at school. He made a doctor's appointment and kept his doctor's appointment that week. I think it was the 17th. And he kept a hair appointment. I think he wanted to be seen those times. And had it gone on to the next week, so he wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, So I think that's why he took a lot of risks in going that weekend. During uh, the Vandals, it was their final home game. Mm -hmm. It was uh, parents weekend in Pullman for WSU. There was a higher police presence going on. People were working overtime that night my opinion it had to be opportunity because he had planned everything else around it so that he wouldn't appear to be guilty if something were to show up yeah. you know there's one thing that that couple things that kim says when it references to brian first thing is that they have a family friend that attended his class and they spoke to her she and by they i'm talking about kim and, and that person's mom they spoke to that student mm-hmm. on the phone they called her up. They asked her after Brian Koberger was arrested, like, what happened like, with him? Did you notice anything? She kind of said a lot of the same stuff. Uh, you know, he was kind of a jerk before uh, when it came to grades, was giving everybody A's, yada, yada, yada. But what he, she did say was there was no sign of injury whatsoever. Like, he didn't have scratches or any of those things. And so... I don't understand how he can go through four victims, and not have a scratch. Yeah, 
I mean, I was thinking about it too right now. Like uh, you mentioned that, you know, Brian could have been planning this for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but now I was thinking it's like he pla- if he planned it uh, ahead of time, you know what I mean, premeditated, it's um, it's it's a real good plan because Kaylee wasn't even supposed to be there at the time, right? Right. She was supposed to go home. She went back to show her Range Rover off to to her, her to Maddie. And she's apparently she's the one that got the most injuries, right? Um, supposedly, yeah. That's what's been reported. So, like, that was if it was planned. I think his plan wasn't for that certain day. Maybe it was opportunity that she's in. You know, she's the target. Like they say, maybe he took the opportunity for that day. You know what I mean? Of that day. Yeah. 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 That's possible. That's possible. Um, and you know, just thinking about Brian, there's a few things that, that, that come to mind and, and it's what the speculation is. I think he's copying a bunch of as serial, uh, SKs. Right. And we talked about this. We had an episode on it. 28, four victims. That's BTK, right? Uh, start in Washington. That's Ted Bundy hit a sorority house, Ted Bundy. Connections to law enforcement, that's Golden State Killer. Now, one thing they've also said about Brian Kohlberger was that he was very, he was always trying to fit in with people. He was always trying to be a friend because he couldn't fit in, right? He was kind of odd. Is it possible that maybe he found another odd person to fit in with when it came to that survey that he was putting out? He wasn't talking to, he he was looking for a certain person. Uh, in my opinion, he was looking for uh, violent offenders to mm-hmm. understand their thoughts and feelings during the commission of a crime. It's possible that he got chatty with another one of these violent offenders and, and Charles Manson, this thing. The cult? Well, maybe not the cult part, but <laughs> like, well, have, have you ever seen Mr. Brooks? Yeah. Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, in, in that movie, real quick, just the synopsis. It's kind of crazy. So, Kim Koster is a, a serial. He's an SK, right? Um, he's a wealthy guy. He tries to keep his urges down, whatever. Right? But one night, he ends up having the urge to go out there and commit another crime. And so, he goes out there and he studies, he stalks, he follows their victims. His victims, they're completely random. They have no connection to him. And he has a list of things that he wants to say about that rap, like on how he does it. And that's how he's been free for that entire time. One day he chooses this couple, right? And they're in, uh, he ends up going in there and taking them out while they're in the commission of fornication. And what he didn't know is that those, those two, that couple had a uh, peeping Tom, right? And so this guy lived in an apartment complex across the way slightly above where uh, he committed this crime and he was taking pictures and was able to see into that apartment complex. And he did that routinely with this couple. And so he saw Kevin Costner's character uh, commit this crime. And so he gets, what's the word I'm looking for? He gets, I guess he, he likes the urge of what he saw. He wants to then, you know, become his apprentice. And so he approaches Kevin Costner and says that he wants to, have him train him to be a serial SK, right? And so he tells him that he has the pictures. He shows him copy of the pictures that he had take, that he took from 
his balcony during the commission of the crime and uses that as leverage so that Kevin Costner teaches him. At the end of the day, Costner ends up uh, framing <laughs> framing that guy um, by leaving his DNA on something. And um, um, they uh, he ends up killing him and leaving him somewhere and they can't find him and police think it's him. And so uh, just crazy thought, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of coincidences, but that's just speculation, just speculation. And so um, back to the actual case. Now, Kim said that she, her daughter was told that there was multiple people. Brian, when he was arrested, he had stated that, uh, did you arrest anybody else, right? And then he stated, um, they asked in discovery for information on any possible co-defendant. Now, if we go to the Google Maps, and we brought this up before, and I've said this backwards too a lot of times, I'm gonna try to say this the right way. This is Pullman, this is Moscow, this is North, South, uh, West and East. He, he would have been traveling this direction into Moscow, right? My assumption would have been, and if you read the uh, probable cause affidavit, it sounds like he went directly to the house. And if you read, uh, if you put down points based on what they're saying, he definitely did. He was seen at 326 a.m. on the 700 block of Indian Hills Drive, which is right here. 328 crossing westbound on Steiner Avenue. So he went up this direction, turned left here, came across. And then at 329, he circled the first time uh, around the victim's residence. And my you know, opinion, he would have gone directly there and circled around until he gained confidence enough to enter the building and commit the crime. Problem is he didn't go directly there. He was seen at 247, I think over here, uh, 247 by um, Stadium Way, if that was him, and seen over here at 326. Now this is probably a 15 minute drive so we're missing about 20 minutes there. Now, the other problem is he's coming from the east, traveling westbound, going directly there. Instead of coming in from this direction, which would be from Pullman. So my, my question is, why did he first go to this neighborhood and hang out here in this area for as long as he did before he went directly there? It's possible he was picking up somebody, maybe. Now, the other curious thing is, when he leaves, he's seen traveling southbound on Walensa Drive at 420. And his phone pings on out here at 448. So that's a, what, 28-minute drive? I mean, 28-minute time difference. However, it's only 10 minutes away. It's from what I reckon from the uh, probable cause affidavit. It's 10 miles or something like that. Now, he's probably traveling at a high rate of speed. He's probably going to get there faster than that, too. So there's probably there's another what 10 10 8 10 10 12 minutes there missing maybe he needed to drop somebody back off i don't know but um the police don't know because they claim that he uh, they speculate that he exited here because it's a straight shot road going all the way down and around to to this area on pullman and this is where they have him on camera at 526. But it makes no sense to even put that in the probable cause affidavit because he's pinged down here. So that's just information that doesn't even have to be in there. But 
I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Hyman? Do you think? Uh, what do you think? Why do you think he went into this neighborhood first? Oh man, uh, it's hard to say, but I believe maybe he was he knew someone in the area, and um, he knew that the people weren't at home yet. Um, somehow, and um, I think he was just either there chilling or picking up someone. Either one. Yeah, it's just crazy because that. Like a 326, he's making a dart straight for that house. And then he circles around. We have a $5 super chat. Uh, how did he know when to leave his apartment to commit the act? His timing was almost perfect. I mean, um, he was, it depends. I mean, if he left his house at 247, right? Uh, had he gone straight there, he would have been there by like maybe 305. And so, the crime didn't, you know, commit until like four something. He got very lucky. I mean, this was a uh, last game. It was a football game, right? It was known as a party place. He got that part. I think he just got lucky because I'm surprised there wasn't some sort of after party there. Does Brent live in that area? Brent lives. I believe it's like right here, which is kind of close to where he's seen in the morning over here. It's not that far. I believe it's right here. I'll look it up. I think it's a thousand block there is southeast. Oh, yeah, it's right here. I was right. And so. This is where Brent lived. And this is the area where at 247, uh, co car is seen. Thank you for the $2 super chat. We appreciate that. And so, I don't know, man. I don't know. And so the other thing is that what Kim had told us, and this is where I'm, trying to put a couple pieces together. Kim had told us that he was already an intern with one of the police departments. Now, she stated because of his, um, the courses that he was taking and the, uh, the degree plan he was on, that it was a, a prerequisite basically for him to do so. She told us that is a position that is normally applied for in the spring and taken in the fall. Recent emails have come out that um, Brian Koberger was making that attempt in the spring to start in the fall. Now, when you read the probable cause affidavit on page 15, it states that uh, Brian Koberger's um, phone connected to a Moscow tower, but they don't believe that he was in Moscow on that date. I found that wording interesting because it didn't say he wasn't there at that time. It says on that date. So it's the entire day. That leads me to believe one or two things are going on right there. One, they have eyes on him and they're watching him since November 14th. Yeah. Or two, he was uh, on duty somewhere. Yeah, he's probably at war at this in school. Pullman doing some type of uh, internship with the police department. And that's why they know where he was at. Hmm. 
What do you guys think? Why, why, why would they know where he's at the entire day? I, I thought two reasons. I thought maybe he was at the college, you know, being the TA, or um, they were already watching him. They already had surveillance on him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they may have had surveillance on him because the other thing is, too, according to Pam, I'm, damn it, I called her Pam again. <laughs> according to Kim, <laughs> that's going to go everywhere again. I'm dyslexic, y'all. Leave me alone. Uh, on Friday, every time you say Pam, I'm going to take a shot. Dude, no, you're going to need that. to, man. You're going to need to. <laughs> don't do that. According to Kim. According to Kim. Oh, man, I forgot where I was going with that. Son of a gun. Damn it. Oh, they had eyes on him? No. It had something to do with something else. I can't, I can't remember. Now, she did say that she spoke to the dean mm-hmm. um, as well, and that the dean had told her some information and that there was a parallel investigation going on. Hold on, let's see. We have a. Uh, did y'all see that Zana's mom's going live tonight at 10 p.m. on News Nation with TV Ashley? Uh, I heard about this. I heard about this. Um, we can talk about this real quick. So apparently, um, Brian Kohlberger's lawyer was Zana's mom's lawyer in her situation. And she was her public defender. Uh, Brian Kohlberger's lawyer dropped Zana as a uh, as a. Uh, well, she didn't drop her. She they they switched her. The different attorney is going to be defending her now, mm-hmm. and so she's no longer her client. Thank you, Blue. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know why they're doing it, but I'll ask you guys first. Um, it's against uh, something interest where he can't be conflict. Both. Yeah, conflict of interest can't be representing both at the same time. Possibly. Now it, it would just depend if they were trying to use maybe. Um, Something that Zana's mom was doing had had something to do with the murders, which I don't think is the case. But the reason why they're switching them is because she has to actually switch. I believe it's half of her workload because she's working the uh, this crime, right? Mm-hmm. It's a death penalty crime in the state of Idaho. Um, the public defender has to utilize half of her time on this case. So half of her workload gets rearranged. And the reason why they're using her is because my understanding, she's the only prosecutor, public defender in the state of Idaho that could be lead prosecutor on this case. There's two others, but they can only be co-prosecutors. And so they have no choice but to afford Brian Koberger, a prosecutor that is the uh, capability and the culpability of, um, of being his lawyer and trying it. If they were to get a different lawyer that wasn't um, certified or had the training or whatever the certificate that that's needed to be uh, that attorney, then he could file an appeal for not having adequate uh, defense. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically it in a nutshell. It has nothing to do with any of those things. Now, I can assure and probably assume that, um, you know, Koberger's lawyer is probably going to you know, probably did want to step away from Zana's mom just because of, you know, that possible conflict. I mean, she can go in there and uh, have to talk to Zana's mom about her case. And, you know, you don't think that Zana's mom's going to feel a certain way because she's also representing the the person that's been alleged to have taken the, uh, taken her child. Do you think, 
the parents would would um, try to find him a lawyer back home to fly in to help out. They can't find that they don't think this lawyer is capable of. And I heard she's a good lawyer, but if I was my kid, I probably would do that. Do what? Try to hire a lawyer, you know, that I would think more capable of. Once the public defenders, you know, a lot of people don't like them. Right. Well, he 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 applied as indigent, so meaning that he doesn't have the uh, the funds to acquire legal representation adequate for this case. So the state has to provide one to him. Unfortunately, there's just one. And so does that afford him the right to then say, hey, you only have one. Um, she's not the best. No. As long as she's capable and follows all the rules that are within that guideline. And there's nothing you can do about that. And so a lot of folks think it's because she's taking a higher profile case. I don't, I don't I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's certain um, in my opinion, but you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see. You have any questions guys? You're muted. I But my, my mute button takes forever to unmute. That's weird. No, I know, man. It's it's my computer, y'all. It's my computer. We might have to. Oh, no, y'all are logged in on y'all's too. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, like the 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 someone was asking that. What did the other incidents that you named earlier have to do with the the case of the Idaho Four? And um, it's just to to show that there's things that have been happening at this at, in this town that you know needs attention. It's, you know what I mean? Not just that, but it's also to show why Kim mm -hmm. is afraid, why yeah. Kim is worried, why exactly. and and why she feels the way she feels with certain things, especially when it comes to the police department and their uh, potential. Uh, I want to say favoritism, but kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they kind of their biasness for not going at the universities because it's it's the money tree. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to understand who are the players in the game, so to speak, when it comes to um, who the school is, what have they done in the past? Why are all these situations happening and how people are feeling in this town? You know, that is a that is a huge factor into this. And so. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people were, were talking severely bad about her because she was speculating about this or that. The problem is, um, and I think Olivia did a fine job putting together that video. Um, mm -hmm. It's not the direction I would have gone with it as far as the questions that she was posting up there because it was more on her speculation. Everybody's going to speculate. And everybody's probably been wrong at one point or another when it comes to this case. If you thought that the uh, you knew who the person was before Brian Kohlberger was arrested, then you're probably uh, one of those that speculated wrong because I think Brian Kohlberger's name came out of left field and nobody knew who he was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, we, we were on the, on the verge of speculating too, you know? It's because we didn't know yeah. the whole truth. So once we found out the truth, we did issue those apologies and, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, I just wanted to say four families lost, four children. Um, you know, my heart goes out to them because I'm pretty sure 
they're going to be reminded about it every day for the rest of their life, but especially heavily in the next couple months when mm-hmm. the case starts. They're going to be, you know, a lot of the families want to be there facing him and listening to everything, and maybe he'll tell the story. And that's going to be the sad part. They're going to learn how their children uh, passed. Right. And so, yeah, she was speculating on a lot of things, but there's a difference between speculation and what she speculates because everybody does and her being told something. Two things can be right at the same time. You can have your opinions and you can also have some information that leads you to those opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for us, what we did was we try to separate those two. We understood who she was. She was a mom that was terrified because of her children going to this, uh, you know, one of these universities, one of them being on Greek Row for the last three and a half years and having firsthand experience with a lot of the uh, tragedy and unfortunate situations that are occurring. And these are just the ones that are being reported because somebody passed. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot that aren't being reported that aren't in the news. Like I mentioned before, how many people even knew about this place before November 13th? Well, I'll tell you what Kim knew about it, and she knew a lot about these other incidences, and that's what caused her to be invested into this area and into what was going on. And, um, you know, it would be easy for anybody to go down the rabbit hole when you hear things or see things. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't told anything. And so she was, you know, her daughter was, um, you know, her daughter's upset with her because of the fact that she's come forward. Now, a lot of people were talking about this five minutes of fame and this, that, and a third. I don't understand that when she hasn't even come forward. We don't, nobody but me and maybe uh, Olivia, Steve Gonzalez, and Lena from Truth and Transparency know this person's full name. Mm -hmm. And so she's not come out on anything. She's not put out her face. She's not done any of those things. And so I don't understand those things. And I don't understand why people have to be so ugly towards her. You know, she's... She's a she's what a mom would um, you would expect out of anybody's mom in her situation be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's um it's uh, a lot harder, you know, coming out like and telling people what you know, you know, and and you know, I think it's it was kind of you know uh, brave at her on her part, you know, to come out here yeah. and say that, and um, you know because of for the fear that. Their, her kid is going to be in, in danger, especially after all these incidents that that are reported because of how like you said that they ended up in a in a death, and um, she's just concerned, a concerned mom. I I believe that she's that's all she is that she's a concerned mom about her kids and she wants to get the truth out, you know. And if like she said, like if there's more involved, that she wants, you know, she wants justice as uh, like like everyone else. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. And so, you know, we thought that we should put out our best effort to, um, you know, when it comes to us, if people want to talk smack or whatever, we really don't get two craps. But when it comes to, you know, somebody like Kim or Olivia or, or, or anything like that, where um, hatred is going so severe where she even pulls down one of her, you know, a video over piece of her content then I felt that it was important for us to come out here and kind of clear some air. With that being said, if you guys don't believe it or anymore or whatnot, that's, that's up to you guys. That's, <laughs> it is what it is. 
Uh, I honestly, in talking to her and, and, you know, like I said, you have to go through uh, the speculation parts and tell her, hey, sometimes you just got to say, hey, let's focus on what you were told, not what you think based off of this, based off of that. Let's just go. What were you told? When were you told? Who told you? How were you told? How did you gather this information? That's the important part, because once you go down that other road, you're, you're going to find a bunch of things. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> how many there's detectives out there. Um, not only that's just something else, but you can, well, I'll say, you know, how many, there, there's two different detectives and this is not to be weird or anything, but like in the Tupac murder case, there's two different detectives that have two opinions on two different things on the way it took down. One person thinks that it was the um, corrupt cops within the LAPD. Another one thinks that it was um, gang related based off of what had occurred with Orlando Anderson. Now, the one that thinks that um, it was L.A. cops went down a bunch of different rabbit holes based on some things that he was told too, And he confused the evidence and the and what he knew and try to go through these theories and end up uh, not looking so good on his part. And so um, that is where that is at. And says, have you vetted her kids and that she got info put to bed? I know who her kids are. Um, I found them on social media and through her social media as well. And no, it wasn't created this year. <laughs> these were accounts that have been created for a while. But at the end of the day, for me to explain the entire process of how I've edited her, then that would that would put out a bunch of names of people that that are attending that school, could attend that school, may return to that school that may or may not want their information out that way. And so I'm not going to put it out there. Yeah, uh, we, we put out the information that we thought would would, uh, you know, be part of the story. Um, we didn't want to bring people's families or bring any hate or um, problems to anybody at the school because they still have to live 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 there and, and they still have to go to school there, and that would cause some issues for some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard, you heard the other girl committed suicide and committed you know unliving herself for that kind of reason. So we try to keep that out of there, the light. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, I want to say I, I think every one of you guys, all 2,500 plus of y'all in the live chat, thank y'all so much. If you guys could hit that like and subscribe button, there's a good possibility that this is not going to be, um, what's the word, monetized. And when those things happen, uh, it doesn't push out the content unless you guys hit the like button. And then the algorithm will kick in and this will go out to further people. Samantha Leon says, R.I.P. Kaylee, Maddie, Zan, and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. That's true. It's just a sad situation, and it's, you know, there seems to be an issue. Um, and there seems to, I don't want to say cover up, but maybe a diminish of information or or punishment in this town. You know, there was another guy there, the guy that cut himself, um, that was trying to cut his wife. Mm-hmm. He had been tried for, for murder and convicted and spent, like, two years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know, man. Things just seem kind of weird out there right now. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a bigger picture to it, um, and a lot of a lot of other stuff is going to come out during discovery, and yeah. um, and it's gonna 
it's gonna be a lot to take in you know yeah no yeah it definitely is i mean we only know the uh, tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. uh, if this guy was an intern at one of the police station or the police departments there something tells me that the, that information kind of tipped him also into that direction mm-hmm. um i mean if you go based on the pca the description of that that dylan gave of the uh the perpetrator inside the house it's weak it's a guy that's average height average build with bushy eyebrows that's not a strong strong description of anybody you know what i'm saying and so uh, you know you look at the search warrant it was sealed because in one of the, the terminology was that it could um hurt law enforcement mm-hmm. is it because he was an intern and they use maybe he used you know, police department equipment to aid him in doing this. That would lead to me to be understanding why they were having eyes on him on November 14th, too. Let's see. Oh, man. Thank you so much. We should donate some super chat cash to the Jacks for the case of beer or two. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. Most of the time I would drink, but I have to work tonight, so I can't. So that's why I'm drinking good old water. Yeah, yeah, the same here. Same here. Uh, we appreciate every one of you guys. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, if you guys have more questions about Kim, I think we're just going to be putting that to rest until, until further things come out. Now, you know, we did have a conversation with her and it was recorded and uh, that's going to maintain be private unless maybe maybe after this case is over we can revisit that conversation and bring it back out but um i think we um i think we can put this one to bed what do you guys think yeah well i mean we'll see what happens next you know what i mean yeah yeah and we'll be here <laughs> and we'll be here yeah we'll, we'll be breaking the oh what's that big some thick skin so they can put the hate towards me if y'all want i'm used to it Nah, don't be hating on big blue you hate on big blue you're you're hating on you're, you're messed up if you're hating on big blue yeah <laughs> we're gonna uh, hear it today guys we're gonna hear it today <laughs> yeah well, we're gonna hear it but um, we appreciate everybody going on we're hitting about the one hour 22 minute i want to thank everyone this friday we're not going to be doing a show uh, we'll be on truth and transparency. I know that's going to upset a few of you guys, but you don't have to tune in if you don't want to. Um, if you do, go check it out. Also, we're going to be releasing these hats and beanies. If you're interested in one, check us out. Email us. We'll be um, getting back to you guys as far as the, uh, the website and where we'll have some of our merch going out. But we appreciate every one of you guys. Um, Big Blue. Take us out, man. Wait, wait, before we go. Hi, man. You have any last words? Blue, you have any last words? Um, there might be possibility of a of a giveaway soon. So oh, stay tuned. Yeah. Thank, stay you, tuned. thank you. Stay tuned. Hit that subscribe button because we'll be given we'll have a giveaway coming up pretty soon. Um you want to tell them you just want to wait. No, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll, we'll, we'll leave them on the cliffhanger. Yeah, so hit that subscribe button. What about you, Big Blue? You got last words? Last word, I just want to say, everybody, take care out there. You know, there's hope out there if y'all need it. 
you know, there's 1-800 numbers, there's counselors, the kids go to school, there's counselors, there's people that can help. And at the end of the day, it's always, you know, be polite to each other. And if somebody looks down, just, just tell them hello, say hi. They might need that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a hard world. We don't have to make it harder on anyone else. Uh, but that said, Blue, say bye to the people. Everybody have a good night. Like and subscribe. And we're almost at 30K, guys. So help us get there. Yeah, we hit 30K. I'll take the glasses off for a minute. Oh. <laughs> make sure you subscribe. Peace <laughs> out, y'all. Later, man. Later. Take care.